Welcome to Glow Growth and Development. This is Titus Jordan. Today we have Becca Grobinski, a Midwestern gal, she says, moved to Florida recently on a mission to understand herself, why she is here, and what is her purpose. She says, finding an incredible alignment and discovering a life-changing gift, the gift of pain. I asked her about that during the show. She learned what could have been a lifelong lesson and instead seeing life with the light shining on it. She chose to walk through the darkness instead when she couldn't see a thing and stepped when she couldn't see the stairs. That's called faith. She has studied under some of the greatest teachers, Tony Robbins, Bob Proctor, Gabby Bernstein, and many, many more. She has put down her ego and allowed her soul to shine, raw, authentic, real. She says there are no accolades, accomplishments, etc. that describe who she is. She is a hope dealer, here to be a messenger for those that desire transformation, purpose, and fulfillment. Woo! Hi there. Hello, hello. How are you? Good, good. Grand rising, great rising or something like that. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Glow Growth and Development. Enjoy the show. Tell me about your necklace real quick. Yeah, well, so I knew that I had always wanted something. I don't really wear jewelry. I don't really wear earrings. And so I wanted a piece that felt powerful um, and I have nails so I can't get it on and off so there's no taking it like once it's on it's on so that's why it's on all the time you know I would maybe take it off to go to the gym um, but it is it reminds me of who I am and who I'm becoming um, and it's you know it sparkles right like some days when I don't feel sparkly I look in the mirror and if nothing else feels good this feels powerful yeah you ready I am so ready cool Hello, everybody. This is Titus with Glow Growth and Development. We have Miss Becca on, and uh, I found Miss Becca on Instagram, IG, and she has shared some incredible uh, knowledge, information. Um, a lot of things that she says resonated with me and were similar to things that I was saying in my conversations, in my teaching. And I said, well, let me get her on here and get her perspective of things. So welcome, Miss Becca. Thank you, I'm super excited to be here. Yes. So tell me about excited. You used the word excited. Tell me, what are what does excited mean to you? Aligned, like I'm in the exact place that I'm supposed to be. Like it feels like a hell yes. I love it, aligned. I'm a, I don't know if you know anything about human design, but I am a generator. And so when I purposely only choose the things that make me feel excited, more of my life is aligned. So the hell yes, hell no, like way that I work in the world is specific to, to my design. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit. So I, I, I you're in Florida somewhere, East yeah. Coast? East Coast. We just went through a little bit of a tropical storm. Yep. Did you lose any power? Did you make it through the weekend? Or I think it was the weekend or the week or whatever, right? Yeah, it was great. Um, I look at, so this is my second hurricane, right, from Minnesota. 
Um, and I really viewed it, the first one was a little scary. The second one, I just really viewed it as just the awe of mother nature, right? Like I'm gonna make this a positive experience. And it was funny because my dad texted me and he's like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, I'm not worried. And he's like, you're never worried. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just, yeah, I just kind of allowed it to, to do its thing. And I just felt the energy of it, right? That nature's so powerful. And the more that we live in fear, right? The less happy we become. So I, the morning <laughs> as it was rolling through, I still have to get my workout in because I'm in the middle of 75 hard and you can't miss a workout, right? And I like to work out first thing in the morning. So I walked across the parking lot kind of in it. And I just decided to be like really, um, I didn't go by any tall trees. It's just to be really like powerful when I walk so I wouldn't get like pushed over. I made it. Um, and then when I got to the gym, the power went out for like 15 minutes. So I worked out with the light of the exit sign. Um, and then the power went back on and the rest of the day was fine. It kind of mitigated and moved out. But it's just like, you know, no matter what, I'm going to show up like nothing's going to stop me. So that's kind of been the way that I have been my entire life. So, so <laughs> I was telling my dad, how it was like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Not surprised. OK, so <laughs> not the worrier. Mm -mm. Uh, are you in the uh, in your siblings lineup? Are you more the younger or more the older? So my dad has two that are older, and then my mom and dad have three. So I'm middle and oldest. Middle and so you're number one of this of the second marriage. Correct. Okay, interesting. Okay, and and you don't you don't worry a lot, and you kind of just plow ahead. Is that what you're? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I just kind of decide what I want. And even if it doesn't, I'm very intuitive, more intuitive than intellectual, like 95% intuitive, 5% intellectual, if we had to be really honest. Um, and the 5% is other people pointing out stuff like, hey, maybe you should look closer at that. Mm. Otherwise, I kind of just fly via like, I want it, like, I'm going to figure out how to do it. Cool. So I was reading through your bio and you said your journey started uh, to understand yourself. Mm -hmm. So tell me where you were before the decision to understand yourself a little better. So when I was younger, I watched my older sister. My older sister is 11 years older than me. And the way that my dad spoke about her was very much, she was amazing. She was doing all these things. She went to this school, she graduated. She's doing this with her career. Um, everything that he talked about was this this woman that was like in the limelight. And so I just decided I wanted him to see me like that. So I made choices. I looked at society and said, okay, so what is this successful track? And so I went to the college that she went to trying to be enough, right? Trying to be acknowledged and be, you know, somebody be proud of me. Um, and I ended up dropping out. Um, moving home, not knowing what to do. And my mom was like, hey, you need to like do something with your life. And I was like, yeah, I have no idea. And so I went to cosmetology school. My brother ended up finding me an amazing job at a spa in um, Northern Minnesota. And that is where I was kind of starting to look, okay, like this isn't it, this is fun, it's easy, I'm good at it. But like, there's so much more to Becca than what she's living. And so corporations would bring their people to um, the spa. And there was the finance company, I want to say Cargill, um, out of the Twin Cities. And I was talking to them. I was like, oh, I love numbers. And so I 
went to St. Cloud State for finance, loved it, was starting to really like find things that lit me up, but still being um, very subjective to society, right? Like I'm still acting how society says I should. So got the four-year degree, ended up meeting my now ex-husband through that, um, you know, got a great job. My territory was Florida, um, did very well in sales. I was in annuities, um, insurance, wholesaling. And so I, I did the things I was supposed to do. I got the house, I got married, I got the 2.5 kids, um, got the great job and I was sitting there in my house. Um, and, and over the course of time, what I had noticed if I look back is that my intuition was really, really loud. I just didn't hear it because I was too afraid to listen to that voice that didn't make sense, right? And so very, very much only in my ego. And it got to the point where I got so low and so empty that I was like, the pain is so bad, anything's better than this. I'm, I'm willing to blow my entire life up at this point and the marriage move, do whatever I need to do to like feel better. Like, is this all there is? And from the outside, everybody's like, oh, Becca had it together. Like she had an amazing life. Mm, she acted like it. She was a good, good actress. But the moment that I got behind closed doors, I just wanted to cry. And I was like, is this, is this how we live our lives? And I looked around and I see everybody's doing this. And it was just like, enough is enough. What do I want? Let's do it. So got divorced. And that was kind of my awakening where I was sitting in this house. I call it the healing house, beautiful home, chandeliers overlooking this beautiful pond in this beautiful neighborhood. And I was just like, who am I? What do I want to do with my life? I'm, I'm sitting here with a blank notebook. I can make this anything I want. I don't have any other human telling me what I can and can't do. And I'm looking at these three little kids at the time, they're one, three, and five. And I'm like, I'm going to prove to them. I'm going to show them that this isn't what life is. So step one, I had to start loving myself. I had to look myself in the mirror and I had to say, I love you. And I did not feel it. I cried. I, <laughs> I, I couldn't find, I mean, like, I remember a friend said, Hey, tell me 10 things you love about yourself. And I, I could barely come up with one. And so continually worked on that. I got the book, uh, how to heal your life by Louise Hay. That was kind of my big awakening book and realizing how the body is connected and went to started going to spiritual retreats, started meditating, um, listening to Abraham Hicks on YouTube just like engulfing myself in all the books and all the people and surrounding myself with people that were ahead of me on this journey. And then I just kind of took off like a rocket ship. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you for the pause. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's go timeline for just a moment briefly. Yeah. You talked about your mom saying, okay, you need to get your stuff together. How old were you then approximately? I was 18. Okay, so looking from my perspective, looking back, telling an 18 year old, hey, get your stuff together. I like I, I have a uh, 18 year old, a 20 year old and uh, where I am at in my journey, I give them a lot of space to discover and to um, to find who that is, because like yourself, you you felt pushed into that container. Absolutely, absolutely. This is gonna be an awesome conversation. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, 
So 18-ish years old, you go to cosmetology school, wasn't a good fit. You found out you liked numbers. You started uh, um, insurance world and annuities. Mm -hmm. uh, met the ex-husband. And then it was, what, a slow decline from there of just not being authentic and real? Well, I wasn't yet knowing what authentic was. So when we got together, it was very, like we fought every day from day one. Mm. So it should have never, it should have never happened. And intuitively before we got married, my whole body was telling me don't do this. But it was instantly like my dad paid all this money. I have the most beautiful dress. I have a thousand red roses coming. Like, are you kidding me? You know, that voice, that doesn't make sense, right? And I was like, not canceling it. I'm just gonna go through, it's gonna, this was the belief at the time. My life is gonna get better. We're gonna get better once we get married, right? End up getting pregnant right away. It's gonna get better once we have kids. And it was just like a disaster. And although like, I'm glad to have this experience with him. Like I'm really grateful for him as a teacher. Um, and I don't even necessarily regret walking through it because he was like the catalyst to me awakening to who I really am. Like he was the pressure of like enough is enough. Um, yeah, it's funny. I don't, I don't have any regrets either. So that is one of the questions that I have is what would you say one of the characteristics of like in some of my conversations with people, it's, you know, the toxic relationship or the narcissist husband. What would you say is one of was one of the bigger characteristics that he had or the lessons or challenges that you had that you overcame or learned from? Mm, well, I mean, I think definitely one of the things that I have learned is that we all have narcissistic tendencies, right? Narcissism is um, a childhood wound where we had to learn to be something or somebody and act in a certain way to get our needs met. And as we get older, it turns into in quotes, toxic behavior, but I don't necessarily believe in toxic. I believe in the understanding of people's behaviors instead of labeling them bad or good. Um, so did he have them? Sure. Do we maybe all have an aspect of it? I would say absolutely. Some just way worse than others. Mm, but we also teach people how to treat us. So that's my, I guess, belief first. Um, as far as what maybe he has taught me in navigating that is that my worthiness and that I get to decide how I'm treated. And so if he is going, I mean, like there was many comments um, and I think it was a lot of times out of fear, right? Where it's like, you know, when are you going to get a real job, right? Because I was moving into self, um, self-employment entrepreneurship at that time. So he got to be in the beginning of that. Um, and I think a lot of times that the, the relational issues is insecurities and not trusting ourselves. So if we can't trust ourselves, that, that doesn't work here, right? You can't, you can't give something to somebody that you don't have for yourself. So I have found relationships as a mirror. Every time things aren't going well, it's like, okay, you are being critical of me. Where am I being critical of me? It's not the words, it's not their projections. And then also like, it's everything points towards love and acceptance. So over the course of even the divorce, the more that I can love and accept him for who he is, the better our co-parenting is. Now it's, it can be rocky, right, at times, um, but it, it can be better. The better perspective I have and the more that I see his light, the, the better connection we have. 
And it was actually even kind of cool last night. So my 11 year old is um, starting to talk to this girl on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. Started last weekend. And so we've just kind of been observing and talking and agreeing that there's no dating until at least 14 because you need to learn how to have good friendships first before you can move into that. And so it was really awesome for, for you know, my ex and I to be able to have that conversation um, in a very like healthy way, right? That we can, you know, kind of talk about how we feel about it. And it was, it was great. I was very grateful. I would say be very grateful because yeah. the conversations I'm having are through, yeah. are through a lawyer. So yeah. Yeah, be thankful that you can actually have the conversation. Right, right. <clears throat> okay, so uh, you decided to understand yourself better, journey within, purpose and why. Mm, my purpose? Yeah, talk, let's talk about purpose and why. So my purpose on earth is just to raise my vibration, which in turn raises the vibration of the world, right? The more that we heal, the more that we become whole, the better life gets. And so I am continually searching every single day, maybe not searching, but like allowing myself to develop myself into a better version of me, you know, at least 1% every single day. Um, and in turn, I teach that. So I'm really just like, my life is my message. And so instead of me saying, here's some information, it's, it's really the things that I've learned through my own personal experiences. And then if somebody else can benefit because of that, awesome. And if not, you know, like I think some people are not yet there, right? It's levels of consciousness. So I can only speak to the level of consciousness that can hear me. And so I just trust that my message will always hit the right person. Yeah, yeah. I call it, I send a ping and then I wait for the response. Ping. And then if somebody responds, then I know I need to go over to that area and, and talk to them or deal with them. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Okay, so life-changing gift of pain. Mm. Life-changing gift of pain. Which one? I have a couple. Uh, I would say maybe it's my parents' divorce. Um my dad finally standing up and choosing him, although the way that it happened was in a very mm, dramatic way, that seeing the difference in his energy from doing things for his family and, and making choices to stay in the marriage. So he, um, they decided to get a divorce the day after I got married. So I was 27. Um, and so I, obviously all I ever knew was them together and we had had the same home since I was pretty much born. So very much a ton of sameness. And so that really rocked my world um, in like my family falling apart and processing that. But the lesson behind it was, I'm so grateful to see him choose himself. And so that's where I kind of learned this, this hierarchy of that I come first and then I connect with source and then others. And when I can keep it in that frame, everybody wins. Now, people may not see it right away, but I can't give you anything if I don't have anything. I can't give you love if I'm not loving myself. I can't give you trust if I'm not trusting myself, right? I can't pour into you if I'm not pouring into me. And so, although, you know, we kind of walk this route of like, you know, where's the selfish, where I'm, I'm too much. And I think it's, it's, it's back to trusting yourself. Some people need more, you know, self care than others. And so that was, really profound to just see him light up um, 
and he had no he he no longer had a heavy cloud over his head. How long were they married? Hmm. A so while. Thirty years ish. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, mm -hmm. a long time. Yeah, yeah. Because if you were twenty seven, right? Yeah. yeah. Very long marriage. <clears throat> You know, you talked, you just said a minute ago about some people need more self-care or self-love. And what came to my mind or my thought was those people that might need more self-care and love might also be the person that gives a lot of their energy to the world and gives in such a, in a big way on this side. So they need, right? It's the contract, law of contrast. If I'm given a whole bunch over here, then I'm going to need a whole bunch over here. If I'm not given very much over here, then I don't need a whole bunch over there. Just a thought. Powerful. Yeah, totally agree. Cool. I love that. <clears throat> so you had talked about more being more of an intuitive than an intellectual, but not listening to your intuition. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions I ask uh, people is, when you realize you're going in the wrong direction, when do you make the U-turn? Well, now it's immediate in the moment. I will feel it, right? So this has been, I've been pretty spot on now for probably the last year and a half of like picking the path. Well, I mean, there's been situations where I've pushed it. Yeah, and you feel the misalignment, right? The, the, the health declines, the sleep declines, like you notice the signs. I will never say I'm there, right? I would like, I'd, I'd like to be there where I'm very consistent, but I don't know if that place necessarily exists. <laughs> I had, I, the other day I was dealing with something and I was like, you know, cause you know how they have the finger test and they have the body, you know, the body tests and stuff like that. I was like, man, and I had this question. I was like, man, it'd be just so easy if I could just flip the coin and be like, oh, that's the answer right there, you know? But it's not always that easy. I don't know. Yeah, well, and I think too, it's like, um, so we have four different, like, let's just say voices. One is the voice of the inner child. One is the ego. Um, one is the soul and one is spirit. And so sometimes when I'm in that, it's like, okay, is this a hell yes or hell no? And I'm like, oh, not really sure. So I'm like, okay, what is the inner child? The inner child says no. What does the ego say? Ego says no. What does soul say? Soul says yes. What does spirit say? Spirit says this is part of your soul journey. And I'm like, shit, okay, I'll keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, inner child, like, this is just the conversation I had, right? It's like, well, why don't you want this? And it's like, because this hurts, you know, ego, why don't you want this? Because this is scary, right? Like there's, you're not safe here. Um, and so, and then soul's like, ha ha, you're going anyway, right? You're going anyway. So that's kind of my, like, when I can't feel it or figure it out, I'll go to those four voices and, and find out kind of immediately of, okay, what's what's my right path here? And sometimes the answer is there's no right path. Pick one or the other. They're both going to serve you in a different way. Yeah. So sometimes no answer is an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned human design. Is your uh, heart or your little heart, the ego, is it defined or undefined? Uh, is my ego... I don't know. Oh, okay. I'd have to look that up. Okay. What do you ask? interesting. Well, I, I am, I understand a little bit of human design as well. 
And so I know that the, my ego for me, my ego and my little heart um, is undefined. It's, it's not, doesn't have a color to it, it's white. Yep. And so. I wonder if it's undefined as well. I feel like it is actually, I could probably tell you here. Yeah, we're not in a hurry. I have it. Such an interesting question. And that is the one to the left, yeah. right? It's defined. It is defined. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's cool. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. You, you talked about, um, you know, the four voices. In human design, I hear that there's four, there are four motors, mm. right? So you're a generator. And so that would tell me that one of your motors is connected or is lit up or something like that. I'm, like I said, I don't know enough to, I'm just getting in trouble here, but um, uh, being a generator is you, you generate power mm -hmm. from one of those motors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's mostly lower chakras. So like sacral root, I'm very much lower chakra powered. And so the, the root, I considered to be the spark plug and then the one that's just above it is the jet fuel. Yeah. And so those two and then you just you get the power, the juice. Mm -hmm. So tell me about Gabby. You you mentioned Gabby, uh, one of your your teachers, Gabby. Yeah, so Gabby Bernstein at the very beginning um, of my journey, kind of like after the divorce and moving into Louise Hay, I kind of started following her a little bit. Um, and she's very much entry level spirituality, right? Like, um, kind of like Abraham Hicks, very entry level um, meditation, right? Journaling, right? The basics to kind of going inward. Um, and so she was definitely a piece of my platform. Just listening to her, going through her books, her judgment detox book blew my mind. I was sitting in like, why am I judging all the time? I couldn't figure out why. And so, her book gets launched. I buy the book and I read the first page and she's like, I judge all the time. And I'm like, holy shit, why am I reading this? Like you're supposed to have the answers to not do it. And then as I walk through the book, I was able to see so much about myself and that my judgments of others were really judgments of me. That was a big shift for me to be able to read that. Mm. Yes, judgment of, so why do you feel like you were so judgmental and critical of yourself? because I didn't feel like I was yet enough, right? Like, what did I need to achieve? What did I need to do? There's so much of ego there. That's like the not enough, the not accepting and loving of thyself, which has probably been my biggest journey. Yeah. Is the base of everybody's, right? That's the key. The so key tell, me, tell me about that. Tell me about the biggest part of your journey being your ego. Well, just... The ego is the piece of us that keeps us safe. And so for us to love and accept ourselves, we have to move into soul. We need to move into heart energy. Um, and the ego doesn't feel safe there. That's vulnerable. And vulnerability is we could get hurt, right? We could, but, but, but the pain is actually like when they say you have a broken heart, your heart doesn't break, your ego does. So it, it almost like creates more light you find more of yourself. You have the aha moments of where maybe you're not yet where you most desire to be at this time. 
right? Forever evolution, but, but who do I need to be right now? Where do I need to love and accept myself more? And relationships are the mirror of that. And I, uh, I've noticed, I was like, oh, my life is so much better when I'm single. Yeah, because nothing's triggering me. And I'm also not growing, right? So when we kind of move people out of the circle of life, we also are not growing and evolving. It's, right, it's, a, it's, a, it's somewhat of a safer place when, when we keep everybody at an arm's distance or out there, but it's iron sharpens iron when they come in and that relationship or that friction helps create that smooth polish uh, and the beauty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You had said something about needs being met in regards to, um, I forget what you, where you had said that, but you talked about, you know, your needs being met. And and when, when you'd said that it was, for me, it was safety, right? How we act or why we're acting a certain way. You were acting a certain way because your needs weren't being met. For me, I was acting a certain way because I was playing it safe, mm -hmm. right? I was the one that was in a um, hostile environment growing up. Mm -hmm. And so in that hostile environment, I needed to go place, I needed to go be safe, go hide and go somewhere else because I wanted to get out of the chaos. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Yeah, that's powerful. And I think, you know, it's like looking back at our childhood, I have a client that um, one of the things that we talked about was, and my middle daughter does it too, when chaos or conflict happens, they move away from it. And so if it's a healthy moving away from it because I need to process it, right? Some of us need to process it, move away, and then we can get clarity and come back. But if we're moving away from it because we, we want to avoid chaos or conflict, we actually need to move towards it. So instead of like the child running, the inner child running, the inner child moves into it. And so that's what I've been teaching Bria is, okay, when it gets uncomfortable, I want you to sit in it and feel the discomfort. And she's like, oh my gosh, mom, this is horrible. And I'm like, I know you're going to get better. You're going to get better. You're getting stronger. You can do this, right? But, but also not putting yourself in a toxic situation, which I don't believe in toxic, but in a position where somebody is treating you poorly, that's a boundary issue, not a, you need to sit in it and allow somebody to treat you that way. So there's two ways to make making sure that I'm very clear with that. Yeah. <clears throat> where did you come from that anyway the you're using i'm sitting here taking notes right and mm -hmm. i'm like and i start with sit in and then you go sit you told your daughter to sit in it i'm like so on and then <laughs> and then as you continue the conversation and i say and then i start to write boundaries and you use the word boundaries <laughs> just recently for myself it was i was having these feelings or these emotions right mm -hmm. and they weren't comfortable feelings they weren't they weren't joy and happiness, right? They were different feelings. And so I'm like, okay, now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, what is it that I need to address? What is it that I need to look at? What is it that I'm avoiding? What is it, Some. what do I need to face? Mm. You know? And so, so, and for myself, it's like those feelings, and I believe a lot of people out there, they get those, I don't wanna say negative feelings, those uncomfortable feelings and like comfort, right? We all, a lot of people seek the comfort. It's the, in the uncomfortable is where you grow. So let's, let's go look at those feelings, those emotions, the situation. And like you said, process it. Mm -hmm. And in that processing, come back with clarity and say, okay, this is how I can address this. This is how I can move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's powerful to just have clarity. And I noticed, so I'm, 
I mean, I don't know if it's more female, but I'm highly emotional. So in the moment of conflict, all the words that come out of my mouth are emotion. And although there's a version of emotional intelligence that I'm adopting, um, I need to walk away from it, revisit it. And then it's like day two, it's starting to get more logically clear, like, okay, this is a love and acceptance issue. Whereas the day before it was like, you're a horrible person, right? <laughs> uh, and so- You don't I, say that to people, do you? No, but that's my, like, <laughs> as I know. But as I'm processing it, right? Like I'm really honest with how I'm feeling and I'm letting it out and I'm letting it move. But like, I have to be very careful not to just like say what I feel in the moment. And sometimes I do a lot uh, in my intimate relationships. Um, and and so knowing myself and knowing like, okay, give it a couple days, like two to three days. And by day three, you're very clear on the actual issue. <laughs> Whereas the the first day is like, irrational like wild victim ego everything's coming up right the whole explosion happens and the goal is is that it happens by myself so look at your human design chart and tell me if your throat chakra is defined or undefined so tell me if you've got a channel from your small ego heart to your throat only half only half but it's it's still there there's part of it there Yes. That yep. would make sense because yep. your throat is undefined, but your ego is. And so you're, you've got these emotions and these feelings and it's going from there to there and out. Yeah. <laughs> Very strongly. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay. We're, we're painting a better picture here. Good, good, good. Okay. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so let's talk about your business. Let's talk about what you do with your clients. Let's talk about how you help them where you move them, how you, you know, just let's talk about what you're doing for people in the world today. Awesome. So those that are most attracted to me are successful people. Like they've done the things, but yet they feel miserable. And I think mostly because I can understand them because that's where I was. I looked successful. I did all the things. I had the things, but in my inside world was a mess. And so I can relate to them on a very deep level. I can still go back and I can access that pain very, very, very clearly. Um, and so the, the business kind of happened by accident. Um, I, I really was just living my life and people were noticing like, you're becoming more happy. You are like creating a really incredible life. You're moving in a direction um, where I dream of. And so I was like, well, I can help you. And so that's kind of where the the coaching kind of started. And as I was doing it consistently, I kind of started to learn the different skills that I had. So like I can feel into somebody's limitation, right? When somebody's limiting themselves, I can feel it and I can shift it on the spot. And it, what's really interesting, right? Is I can see other people's way easier than my own, which is mildly annoying, right? Um, but yeah, limitation is probably the biggest thing that I shift. And then I can feel into somebody's energy to feel which chakras are blocked um, and then tell them how to shift it. So like yesterday I had a client reach out and said, hey, um, can you scan me? And so I said her throat chakra and sacral were blocked. She does the work of figuring out why, right? And then she'll say, check me again. I was like, your throat chakra still needs some love. And then we checked her again later and she was fine. But I can feel into people's bodies. Mm. And I Feel where the energy is stuck um and that's it's kind of fun i really enjoy it and it's really effective 
because we can do all the the talking that we want. We can do all the the mind work, the understanding, the believing, the telling the stories of what we desire to be true. Um, but if we're not dealing with the blockages that are energetically right and just moving energy, um, then we're kind of getting stuck. And that's where people are like, "Well, I'm self-sabotaging." No, you're not. You just have a stuck energy in your throat. You're just not. You're just not knowing that you need to speak your truth. Lack of awareness. And so the goal is, is that I teach them. So that's why, like now, this client is to a point where I don't tell her what is actually happening. She finds it. Eventually, she'll get to the point where she can feel into her own body and feel her own blockages. So, like, I'm empowering them step by step, without really giving them the answers and making them, you know, over the time consistency of, of finding where their their growth needs to happen. Bravo, bravo. Uh, you had mentioned uh, Gabby and Esther being spiritual and you said lightly i believe was the adjective used or or uh, i don't know what but you said spiritual so what would who would you consider to be more in depth spiritually than esther or gabby okay so for, i mean from there i went to tony robbins and bob proctor they're very intellectual um who now i and mean you can, you can go ahead. um <clears throat> so Tell me about how you grew up. Like I grew up in a very Christian religious household. Did you have that or what was your growing up? What was your spirituality growing up? There's the question. I was Catholic. Okay. And both of my parents grew up in very strict Catholic households. Um, I want to say both of them were Latin Catholic um, school, schools. I want to say, yeah. So it was church every Sunday. This is just what we do. And I very much felt like uh, <laughs> something doesn't seem right here. Like we're just repeating things. And I didn't realize I was feeling people's energy, but the energy was just so flat. Like there was no, we were doing it because we thought we had to, not because we're aligned with this process. So let's talk about source and spirit now for you. Yeah. So I see it as I tried. So I went from that, I went to non-denominational and I, I just, it, there's so much, um, my religion is love. At the end of the day, if it doesn't point towards love, it's a hell no for me. And so I think religion is very, can be very hard for me. There's actually a church that opened up here that I want to check out. And I would love to be a part of a community like that because I think it's very high vibrational. People coming together, wanting to be better. But sometimes the message is like, well, if you don't believe this then, and it's like, that's rejection. Or I went to Easter mass this last spring on the, uh, on the ocean. You know, the sun is rising up over the ocean. They're going to have Easter math. I'm like, I can't not do this. And the first thing that they come on and say is like, none of you are worthy. And I was like, God darn it. Like, What are you doing? There's hundreds of people here. And all they need to know is that they are worthy and that they are enough right now. Like love is the answer. This is a no. So I walked the ocean. I was just like, I was like, I called my mom. Like, can I just call the pastor and tell him? <laughs> and she's like, don't call anyone. <laughs> Don't call anyone. Like, oh, God. Okay. You know, I, I, I openly admit that I am here to step on religious toes. Mm -hmm. I make no qualms about it. Um, and I see it like you see it. Um, there's uh, especially, I, you know, one of the, just recently it was, they give this very empowering and, and educational and knowledgeable message or statement 
and then they go right behind it and they kill it with the next sentence. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you just empowered these people and then you just sucked it right out of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, watch. again? Painful to watch. Well, because I, for me, I'm free. Mm -hmm. I'm free. I imagine you feel free. And then, when you, and then when you see people putting people or let or talking to people or, or themselves being put into a box, mm -hmm. you're like, that's not freedom. Mm -hmm. No, it really isn't. And I think at the end of the day, you have to be connected with soul. It's almost a story that's like, well, if God wills it, then I can have what I want. And I'm like, mm, no, you just have to tell God what you want and he'll help you get there, right? Like, like, it's not how it works. Like, you're not a victim to this. Like, it's not like you are serving somebody. Like, you are the highest vibration, right? Be that. It's an mm. equal. Yes, you are the highest vibration. Be that. I mm. love that statement. That is awesome be that be that high vibe because we can get there we can do it mm -hmm. but so many times you know i talk to people about you know all the things that are swept under the rug and and you being buried underneath all this crap in your life and so of course you can't let your light shine you know it's shining there's a spark there but it's buried underneath all the dirt and the grime and the gunk mm -hmm. you know so let's get that out of the way. Let's clean house, you know, so. You know, kind of a cool like vibration versus emotion, right? We can be angry and still be high vibration. We can hold both simultaneously. And so I think sometimes when people are like, we'll be the highest vibration and they're like, well, I can't because this is happening. No, this is how you feel. And the vibration still gets to stay here, right? You can do both simultaneously. You are totally capable and you know, have been empowered to have both. Both. Already wired in. You know, that's one of the things, you know, that uh, you had, one of the words that you've used is, but talking about your dad is he got to choose, right? He made mm -hmm. a choice. Mm -hmm. That's been, you know, for myself, it's been so, you know, powerful. I choose because it's empowering when I say mm -hmm. I choose. Mm -hmm. I'm not letting this happen. This isn't happening to me. I choose this. Mm-hmm. And then to that choice is I'm very much love the both and and to a question. Do you want red or yellow? I want both and. Right. And yellow. I'll take both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you very much. I think it's a more fun way to create too. Why not? It's so interesting you say that. So I I um, spent the last 22 years in Colorado and I am in Indian Rocks Beach right now over near Clearwater. And I'm in this Airbnb and it's, I kid you not, it's huge. And I was talking to my brother and he's like, why not? I was like, cause I told him, I said, I don't need all this space. He's like, right. yeah, you might not need it, Right. why not? Right, yeah. Why not? Yeah. So I'm sitting here real close to the beach. It's right over there and, you know, just have this, and it's, talk about vibration. It just feels so good just to pamper myself a little bit, you know? Absolutely. Hold on me, so. Okay, closing thoughts and statements. Hmm, so a couple things. I think that one, we can have it all. 
We have to one, believe it's possible Two, believe that we need to like actually just learn the skills, how to, how to hold the relationship that's thriving, how to hold the business that's thriving the way that we want it to be, how to hold the lifestyle, how to hold the finances and the wealth, right? Like how to hold the, the other relationships in the family. Like we can hold all of them, but we have to decide we can, and we have to learn how to not just increase the energy, but we have to learn how to hold it consistently, mm. right? And so who do we need to become on a consistent basis to be able to do all these things? And it's, it's, I like to say that the solution is really like, if you're going to change your life, you take one little step at a time. So maybe you're improving your life. You're going to start just working out every day. And then maybe you're going to start drinking more water once you get that down. And so it's, it's baby steps to get there. So maybe it's like, what's the area? This is what I like to ask clients. What's the first area? that you feel is so heavy for many people, it's their marriage or their relationship or lack of. And if we can get that under control, it's so much easier to shift all the rest of this because they have the most limitations around relationship. So that is my current belief and solution for what do we do right now, right? In this moment, if I could make a change in this moment, where would I start? find the, the deepest pain and start to think differently. A lot of people don't want to deal with that pain. But once they do, I mean, you have to walk through the fire. You have to, to get the results that you want. And pain is just sensation. You've already been there. You've already done super amazing and incredible things walking through pain. Do it again so that you don't have to continue walking with this mild and knowing pain the rest of your life. You know, <clears throat> People, you know, like for my kids that, you know, I'm nervous. And I said, well, okay, you feel, you you have this feeling and you've labeled it nervous. Why don't we have this feeling and call it excitement? Just redefine the feeling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And analyze it less and step more. Just keep stepping, stepping towards what you want, stepping towards what you want. And then telling the story that you desire to be true, right? Like oh, this is a disaster, this is never gonna work. When I was deciding to move to Florida because my ex is in Minnesota, everybody said to me, you cannot leave the state. You're never gonna have your kids half the time. It doesn't work, you have to stay here until they graduate. And I was like, but my soul is dying, I can't do it. And so I changed my question to how can I? And here I am. I, I, that was something, is that something that you learned from Bob? Is that question, how can I? Hmm. Maybe Amanda, Amanda Francis, probably. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, Bob, he had some, he's very, he's, his teachings when I first took them were very intellectual. They have kind of started to take root, um, later on. Once I kind of got more into trusting myself and more in body, then I could go back to his and see where it connected. Whereas it was so heady when I was there for the matrix that um, it really kind of put me in a tailspin afterwards where I was all up here and nothing, nothing was embodied. Um, so his teachings definitely have progressed over the course. Yeah. And you know, I like how you, how you said, what is the, you know, like what is one area or what is the first thing that you want to work on? Mm -hmm. And because I think there's so, you know, for people, there's so many things that can feel overwhelming, mm -hmm. but by asking them, what is the first or what is the one thing that you want to look at right now mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you pointed out relationships mm -hmm. and when i when i talk with people about relationships uh it's 
for me, it was the first relationship I had to work on was the relationship with myself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, it, <clears throat> it took me almost two weeks to feel comfortable in saying I love, accept, and forgive myself. Mm -hmm. it, it <clears throat> I would say that multiple times a day at first, and it did not feel comfortable. Agreed, yeah. I was like, this does not feel, this does not feel like me. This does not, I don't feel this, I, right? But as I said it, and then it became, you know, like I said, it took two weeks and I was saying it multiple times a day. Anytime I would get in my head or start having those emotions or those thoughts that weren't serving me, you know, I'd stop those thoughts and say, I love and accept and forgive myself. And I was like, that doesn't feel right either. But eventually, you break through those old paradigms and those old narratives and you're like, damn, I am worthy. Damn, I am special. You know, look in the mirror and say, you know what, dude, you are, you are special. Mm -hmm. You are special. Yeah, we all I, mm -hmm. Mastery is repetition and to sub, to reprogram the subconscious, right? Which is where all of those beliefs come from. It's just repetition every single day. So I am, uh, I have taken a handwriting course. Mm. And in this handwriting course, because you learn to write between the ages of one and seven, and the most impactful, some of the most impactful years of your life are between one and seven. And so her name's Misty. Misty says, yeah, you impress into your handwriting what's happening during your life at that time. And so when I started taking her course, I, cha I started changing how I wrote. And in changing how I wrote all those, that impression, all those emotions. I remember one time I was at my desk and I just started bawling my eyes out because it released all that junk that was trapped in my handwriting between the ages of one and seven. That is awesome. I've never heard of that. Well, I would, I would gladly make the introduction. Yeah, that's incredible. So. <clears throat> We, we, we talk, right, you and I have been talking about different teachers that we've had, Bob being one of them, Gabby for you, and, and so on and so forth. There's There are certain key uh, courses or things that I've done or work, right? We call it work, we talk about work. The work that I've done that has helped bring or bring me to the point where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. And handwriting, I would say is in the top, top five. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, that's make it makes total makes total sense. And how just even shifting the way that you write. That's powerful. And and so I wrote the other day, I said, as I form, because there's different right, I would put loops in my D and I would put loops in my P and I'd look put, you know, I wouldn't cross my T a certain way. And as I started to be intentional in my writing and mm -hmm. forming the letters. I wrote to Misty, I said, as I'm forming these letters, I am forming my life. Oh, I feel that, yeah. Intention, everything's energy. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think just being open, there's so many amazing modalities for us to find the pieces of ourselves, right? That we don't yet know, or maybe we fractured, right? Whether it's breath work. I love writing. I've never heard of that. Breath work. I, I, I believe in breath work. I do breath work, right? I mean, when we first got on the call, first thing I was saying was just breathe, 
right? <laughs> right. Read through this. Um, so yeah, uh, handwriting. It's 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 very powerful. It's very powerful. So. How, how can people find you if they want to learn more about Miss Becca? So all the information of what I do is on BeccaGrabinski.com uh, or Instagram is pretty much my primary right now. There is some great stuff on Facebook, but I would say Instagram and my website are the best options. Cool. And it's B-E-C-C-A, Becca. Mm -hmm. And then Grabinski is G-R-A-B-I-N-S-K-I. B as in boy. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time and your energy and your willingness to share with the audience your uh, your knowledge and your insights. So thank you very much. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And that's a wrap. Wonderful. That was fun. Yes. Yes. So. I, learned a lot. I love that. Well, thank you. I appreciate. Like I, I do really appreciate. I, I've, I've seen uh, the content that you put out, and uh, it's, it's very powerful stuff. And I know you're, you're making big dents in the world as far as the butterfly effect is concerned. So thank you for doing the work. Thank you. I have a, a big mission, and I just feel so. I mean, so called that like, if every single person on this earth was connected with their soul, which I know is a lot to ask. What would the world look like, right? It would be beautiful. And I went to Bali a couple years ago and they have next to nothing. They eat rice one time per day and they're the most grateful, amazing human beings that I ever met, right? And I remember coming back and feeling sad and I was like, mm, we could have that here. We just have to teach people how. And that's all it is, it's connected with who you are know who you are one day at a time one step at a time yeah thank you i am i'm working hard <laughs> you are so let me ask you um is becca your legal first name it's rebecca rebecca mm -hmm. so misty when you when you have this conversation with her she's going to talk to you about the r and the b and then your last name grabinski is that your maiden name or is that your married name my married name okay because it's it's all tied together just fyi that's interesting well and when i was younger um my parents used to call me becky and that is like it's a no like and rebecca feels too inauthentic whereas becca feels like yeah i'm real i'm unedited i'm raw it's funny there's you know there's energy behind everything but yeah it'll be interesting to see i i'm excited to talk to her you know, it's the B that, so, uh, so my name is T and K and she said, work with the B. So I've been writing the B's in my handwriting because the B is an energy like you're talking about that works well with T and K. Interesting. So anyway. I will let you get about your day. Yeah, thank you so much. And then you'll send me details on her? Yes, I'll, I'll connect you. Um, she's mostly on Messenger and Facebook side of things. Okay. But she is in Instagram, so I'll, I'll but I will, I will connect you guys here to, in five minutes. Awesome, thank you so much, I appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Have a great day. Yes, bye.